o'clock and you hear the trippy music you know what time it is it's time for some call me tim some call me tim there we go there's that music i have special guest today comedian newly house living in his own house jeremy adkins yay hello hey yes oh, I, good uh, to have you here i have my own space in fact i'm actually kind of have two spaces now that's exciting see now the last time we talked the majority of your jokes uh rolled around the idea that you still live with your ex-person well i uh I don't. I haven't for a little while, but I still feel that the uh, the, the pain and suffering is worth. Uh, I get to hold on to those jokes for quite the, a while. The in my stabbing, opinion. the stabbing in the kitchen joke. The no, well, sense. that the stabbing in the kitchen happened much, much before my oh, wife. Okay. That was that was a woman that that wanted me to live with her, and I did not want to live with her. And I was uh, explaining how I was going to be moving out. Well, actually, going on tour, and uh, she did not want me to leave, and so decided that if she stabbed me. You can't go anywhere. Wow. This is some interesting psychology. I bring out I bring out some very interesting things, emotions in women. I I have some theories on that. I would like uh, to get into these theories. So do you think that it's your behavior or that you choose people with crazy behavior? Oh I I I don't have the benefit of choosing people. I get chosen. Like I don't pretty much the track record in my life is that uh, the women that decide I want to check this ride out are the ones that, that I end up with. The ones gotcha. that I'm like, hey, I'm interested in you. They're like, not a chance. In, I'm not going on that ride. You are no. That is huh. just a no. Huh. And uh, out of all my, my bad behavior, I, I have a big respect for, for no, big respect for not interested. Um, I, uh, yeah. In fact, to the point of like, if a woman just kind of goes, eh, I go, all right, we're done. That's cool. So, yeah. But the one, so the ones who choose you are on I, on a on a psychosis scale, or um, is it? I mean, stabbing. This is a serious thing. Oh yeah. This is like, I mean, well, I mean, stabbed, hit by a car, hit by an ashtray, uh, cursed out, death threats. I mean, we're we're talking a long list of um, you know, it ends very badly. Huh. Um, and there's a r- lot of reasons. I think that one of the key reasons is that. I, and this is all speculation, right? Yeah, sure. Um, that the women who choose to date me, they kind of go, well, he's he's not going to judge me, and he's not going to, you know, I mean, he's he's not going to. Re- like, but you're an upstanding when it's guy. You're to- a property owner. You have your own business, right? You, you're. I, I'm, I am the, I'm the most functional fuck up you'll probably ever meet. Th- this is then you're not a fuck up if you're functional. Oh, I'm still a fuck up. I mean, I'm still, like, I still can, like, I can still, I can pull off a lot of really dysfunctional stuff and still show up for work. There's a difference between fucking shit up, like, (laughs) and being a fuck up, though. I feel like you're the kind of guy, you could fuck some shit up because you, like, you know, you could actually, like, you know, wrestle people to the ground or you could literally fuck some shit up. Like, you could... Oh, I also I have physically to, fuck oh, some yeah. shit up. I mean, 
I have for a long time. That's never been really an issue. Um, but that doesn't make you a fuck up. It just means you like, can fuck things I, up. I, I have the ability to say the wrong thing right at the perfect time for it mm. not to be said. I have the ability to like, you know, if, if um, you know, like my best example is I was walking along an overpass in Portland one night with a bunch of guys and I just kind of absentmindedly pushed this bottle off of the, the overpass. Oh. And it hit a car. <gasps> And thankfully, it didn't like hit the windshield or anything. It just hit the top of the car, so nothing actually happened. But like that's just kind of that's my moment. Like sure. there's no one on the freeway, and I just kind of tip the bottle over, and then all of a sudden there's a car. Wow. You know, it wasn't your bottle. It was just a piece of trash. It was there. Just a bottle sitting on the you rail. Just pushed it over. It was like two, three in the morning. No one was around. I I just thought, oh, this will be fun to knock onto the pavement. Uh huh. And all of a sudden there's a car. And did and they get out of the car and you like? Oh what no, they the just fuck? kept driving. Oh, okay. Like, like we were there. The overpasses. There's a couple of stories above the freeway. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, it could have been a problem. Oh, it could have been a big problem. But like, that's yeah. my point. Is that like one moment there's no car, and it wasn't like I was like, ooh, watch me hit this car. Right, 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 right. Which right, I've right. done that before. Sure. It wasn't like you were standing on top of the overpass and spitting and being like, I'm gonna spit on this car. Right. So. No, it was just happenstantial. The, the, so you think the universe is kind of against you timing-wise? No, I don't believe in that. I mean, I just think that... I, I think that there is a, an element to how I do things that is slightly chaotic. Wrong place, wrong time, Atkins. Yeah, that would be a good way to put it. But at the same time, I'm probably one of the luckiest people alive. Oh. So on the flip side, so the terrible timing sometimes... Turns out to be great timing. Oh, I've, I've gotten so much uh, positive reinforcement for negative behavior. It's unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. Hey, give, give me some examples. Like, what's some um, really negative behavior? Okay. I uh, I barely graduated high school. Um, but you graduated. But, but I graduated. Good. I graduated. Not a fuck up. That's, that's... Like, okay, there, there's a great example inside of that. So, when I was uh, starting in about seventh grade, I started getting locked up. And maybe even Juvie? sixth grade. Oh yeah, you know I was taken on... away from parents' home, put into the summer camp. But it's not a summer camp where you have to walk around with your hands in your pants. Oh, uh, I did work camp. I did some juvenile hall time off and on. Did a couple of group homes. Those are like group? residential treatment centers. I've worked in a group home, so uh, I know what's up with that. I uh, stayed with stayed with friends of the family in my senior year. I uh, but uh, so in all of that, my schooling was obviously very poor. Like was, there was lots of gaps, sure, and uh, lots of non-teaching. Like the in one of the the group homes, the teacher would just pass out a workbook for math, sure. And so you could kind of look ahead a little, and you could figure out all the answers without actually having to know geometry or you know, algebra. Neither of which I'm very good at, but I've got uh, all my credits in. Oh, gotcha. Um, and so you could get a lot of credits for math within like two weeks, sure. Just especially if you're conniving like I am. And I just went like through the whole thing. And so I had all my math credits. And so I did stuff like that. And so by the time I got into my senior year, the only year I did a whole year of school from seventh grade to 12th grade. Wow. In fact, I missed almost all of 10th grade with my mom fighting the school district to try to get me back into the school district and losing. You during this time, uh, that they... I was in Napa at the time. But like, so you weren't in school. You were at uh, home. You were no, being I, homeschooled. You um, were in seventh grade. I got removed from Redwood Redwood Junior High. Was sent to continuation school at uh, Silverado, the only other junior high in town. And then I was uh, then I was uh, 
sent to juvenile hall from there. Were you fighting? What was uh, the? What were all the? Th- I were you throwing fighting. desks in class? Uh, were you spitting at the teacher? Well, uh, my my Redwood to Junior, I mean Redwood uh, to Silverado to Juvenile Hall transfers all involved one person. Mm. That would be the uh, un un uh, the the poorly named David Strong. Um, he uh, he's not a very good fighter, and he really can't keep his mouth shut. Wow! And he's epileptic. Wow! So uh, yeah. Um, Why were you fighting an epileptic child? I didn't know he was epileptic until I kicked him in the head. Oh! Yeah, that was that was where I went to juvie. Yeah, the the first time when I just punched him in the head a whole bunch and. Uh, what? So were you a bully or was he? A, oh, no, was he a cunt no, face? Was, like was he? He was he egging you on or uh, how did that go? Well, the original, the, the start of it was um, a little little more nuanced in that a friend of mine sold him some uh, some bad weed. Oh. And so he told on my friend. And so my friend had to go home, like got suspended from school, you know, had to talk to a cop and then had to go home. And but didn't dad, he get in trouble for buying weed? No, because he just said my friend was selling. Oh. Yeah. And then my friend had to go home to his extremely horrifically abusive father who beat the shit out of him with a hammer oh my god and so i showed up at school and hey guess what i'm gonna beat you up because my friend got beat up because i mean i get it you got burnt but this isn't how you do it and so then i proceeded to punch him in the head until his whole head was red and they said you can't go to school here anymore that's not the behavior we like to uh, see around our schoolyard do you know journey journey roberts great joke where she says some people just need to be bullied it I sounds like that guy just needs to be bullied. I, I think that I think that unfortunately, as the story goes out, you'll see that that wasn't really working because uh. uh, he uh, at the time was living at home and and got sent to foster care for some reason. Oh. The foster home was in uh, the Silverado school area, which is where you just got sent to. Where I just got oh. sent to, and uh, yeah, exactly. Except the continuation oh. school kids and the regular kids were kept separate. We had separate breaks. Well, one day he was going back from break early or late, and I was going to break early, and so we crossed paths. And I was I was at that point having that moment where, you know, like I, I was hoping to like get off probation someday. Sure. So I chose to ignore him. Mm. He chose to call me a whole lot of names, Ooh. which at first I was like, whatever. And then he started following me. And I'll say, I don't have, like, I, I don't have much, I have a lot of control over my temper now. I didn't really have much control over my temper. So you were 12 then, right? I was, uh... 12 or I 13? Was, uh, 11? 11. Yeah. Yeah, my mom put me in school real early, so she didn't have to deal with me during the day. Wow. Oh, so you're yeah. feeling the rage. You've got a lot of rage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm probably still angrier than most people, and this is my, me at the, like, the lowest point. Gotcha. So. Well, but that sucks. You got, it, that... You really, you got the short end of the stick on that one. You were trying to defend your friend from someone who clearly wronged them in a in a sort of a call-out culture sort of way. He sold me bad weed. But he didn't, you know, even say that. Yeah, he didn't come to us. And, like, I mean, it was... Was it pencil shavings in a bag or was it like Mecky swag? I don't even know. Like, I honestly, I was not involved in that at all. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so so he, he started following me. And so I turned around and I just punched him. And so he swung back at me. And so I punched him again and knocked him down. And not one to, to, to pass up a good opportunity, I chose to uh, kick him in the head. Again, yeah. And, and then... so he went into a seizure and the ambulance was involved and the police were involved. And it was, uh, I think that was the first time I was let out of a school in handcuffs. Wow. So, uh, but not the only time. So, yeah. Wow. 
And so I went off. I went off to juvenile hall for that. But it gets better. It gets better yeah. somehow. Okay. So, so I went to juvenile hall, got sentenced, went to a group home. I had to come back for a court case on something that I hadn't resolved before, which I'm pretty sure is not what an 11 year old should have to, you know, like what you say about an 11 year old. But I did have an unresolved court case that I had to come back on. And while I was back, David Strong had been kicked out of his foster home. Oh. And uh, this real quick, I'll take a segue really quick. This is actually why when all those folks that are pro-life and they're like, you know, you can just uh, get it adopted. One of the things that happens to foster kids and, you know, and kids in the adoption system when there's no place for them is they get put in juvenile halls <gasps> all over the country. What? Well, because they can't, if you don't have you a guardian for to go. them, where are you going to send them? Right. So if you run out of foster homes or if they're unlucky, they get juvenile hall or they get group homes. And, and group, group homes, homes are just as bad. I worked in a group home. Well, when I was a kid, they weren't as bad as they are now, um, but they're, they still were not a good place, um, especially for a kid that all he's done is not have a guardian. Sure. Right. And so he was waiting another foster home. I was in the same juvenile hall. And uh, mm. of course, old David could not keep his mouth shut. And so, and, and and as I continue to say this, this is this is not behavior I would beat somebody up for now, but this is the 11, 12-year-old version of me who was just white-hot angry. And just so angry, absolutely. It's your mom putting you in school early of not oh, getting was, a fair that shake. That was the least of what my mom did. Like, my mom has, uh, I, I, figured out, I figured out the other day how to explain my mom, oh. like how she raised me. My mother did the legally minimum allowed to raise a child. So peanut butter jelly sandwiches oh, in food, the fridge. Food. Food there. No a problem roof, with the food. A roof. roof you know, like clothes. Didn't clothes that didn't smell like cat piss. Well, maybe. clothes that didn't smell like cat piss, but definitely not um, helping. Like she had a great idea. She bought me a pair of corduroy uh, pants. Oh yeah, already good idea for a kid. Yeah. And then when they they developed a hole in them, she would get a denim patch kit mm. and then patch my corduroy with denim patch kits. Yeah. Not, not ever. It has never been the hip look. Even in 1988, not cool. No, not, this, not was, in this was in, this was in the 90s. mid-70s. What, what year was this? I'm 46. Oh, you're older than me. I thought I'm we were the same age. I'm an old man. Wait, you were born in... 71. 71. Yeah. Okay, I was born in 74. Um, so, yeah. So, so this is this is 1986, and you have corduroy pants, which are out of style, because they, they were right. out... They were cool in the 70s. They went out in the 80s. They came back in the late 90s. They're back again with the Yeah, hipsters. I don't think they're... I've never liked But them. still not with the denim patches. So anyway, really quick. Yeah. So, so, so there's old David Strong. We're both in the same juvenile facility. I'm a criminal. He's not. Uh, and this uh, is 1987. This At this point, no, this would be still in 1984. Oh, wow. All this wow. happened... This, oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah. This all happened very, like, wow. close together. And so... He uh, he just he really he liked to antagonize me. And we should so, look him up on Facebook. Keep talking. Oh please do. That would be very interesting. I'd love to. I I'd love to just go. Why, dude? Why would you? And so I punched him in the head once, and he had another seizure. Oh god. Yeah, I, I ended up I ended up in solitary for like three days over that, and uh, they uh, they they had screwed up something with him, and he wasn't supposed to be there. Is what my probation officer said. And that that's the only reason they didn't charge me is because they'd actually have to explain why it was there in the first place. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of, I, I, once again, I got a little lucky on that. How, how old is this David Strong? I imagine he's the same age as me. Could it be this guy? Oh, goodness. I don't come know. Look, come over here and All look right. at this. Tell me if this could be him. Could, could this be him? Oh, I have no idea. You can't tell. I mean, what? 
we're looking at his photos. We're trying to figure out if this is the well, guy. Could be him. This could be him. We might have that found him. him. We'll look through his. We're going to look through his photos really quickly. Oh this this God. could be him. Uh, is. is that him? I, you know, I mean. This could be him. Does he like cats? Does he have lots of tattoos too? It makes sense. He's got a lot of tattoos. He's got a cute cat on his shoulder. He's got a child now. I would, I would, it would be very funny. Is this his mom? Oh, I do. Do you remember I his never, mom? I never met his mom. I only beat him up. I don't, you know, they don't, they don't really go like, hey. He looks you about know. your age. This guy looks about your age. Where, where is, where does he live? Well, let's find out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, w- I recently looked up a couple of people that I used to hang out with around that time and they're both in prison. Wow. So, oh yeah. I, no uh, workplaces, no schools. He doesn't have his, uh, he doesn't have his, uh, his age up there. It says to find out more about him, I have to, I have to, to, to like it or beef conference uh, with him. Yeah, I think I'm going to pass on that. Yeah, I me don't, too. Milwaukee I don't need Brewers. to, I don't. Let's, let's not, let's not start it up. Yeah. But this could be him. That could be him. <laughs> that would be, I'm going to have to kind of peek at that later. I yeah. think when I'm on my own computer, I, uh, but yeah, no, I know a couple of guys. I, it's one of the things that I think of as, as myself lucky. Like, you know, like I was saying, like I didn't have very good schooling in all these institutions. And the first full year of uh, schooling was my senior year in high school. And I actually had enough required credits where my second semester, I only went to five classes. Ah, and I graduated. So a lot of free time. Yeah, I graduated. And so I'm always amazed. Now, juxtapose that with my uh, good friend of mine up until, you know, senior year in high school when we kind of grew apart. But, uh, he had always done everything correct, but he had moved around a bunch like I had. Yeah. And uh, somebody had dropped the ball and he hadn't gotten enough of the uh, required credits by the time he was a senior. And so he, uh, I think it was the first semester of senior year, somebody pulled him aside and went, oh, you got to take a morning class. And he was like, all right, I can do that. I can, you know, I can buckle down and do that. And then second semester came around and somebody pulled him aside and went, oh, uh, you, you're going you're gonna to have to do an after school class if you want to graduate. And then, and then like two weeks later, somebody pulled him aside and was like, oh, you know, we screwed up. Uh, you're going to have to go to summer school this year uh, if you want to graduate. And he kind of went, you know what? I'm done. And he quit. Wow. Yeah. He just said, no more hoop jumping. I'm done. Yeah. And like, just couldn't deal with it. Whereas you were like, you hadn't barely done any schooling. Yeah. But you figured it all out. You figured out the system. Oh no. I just lucky. What was, uh, what was school like in juvie? Was it, did you learn anything or was it just Um, like, cause I taught in juvie for a little bit, uh, in 97 and 98, I was a substitute teacher and they call me in a lot to Yolo County to the, to the juvenile. And I did school and I was teaching, but I didn't do any teaching. I basically got in a room with a bunch of guys and a couple girls played chess, talked to them. That's about it. Like that's, you know, you, there's some, you, you, well, the, one of the facilities I was in, um, you got one water cup. Um, you could fill it up as many times, but once that water cup was done, you were done for the day. And so the guys just really kind of obsessed on that a little bit. They'd draw on theirs. They'd kind of puff them out so they were bigger so they could drink more water at one time. <laughs> um, I, I don't think that was the intention was to distract them with that. Um, Distracting but, them with cups. But uh, I, I got a couple of good different times. I got some really good teachers. Uh, the one guy in the Napa juvenile facility for a little while, uh, Steve somebody, he, uh, he turned me on to a couple books about t- technocracy. Huh. Um, and we've got to remember this is by this in the 80s. So it's still something that not really anybody was talking about. He was a graduate student from somewhere. And um, he also, uh, 
he uh we i got some interesting takes on race because he kind of he pulled me aside and went hey you know, you know i know you're not you know fully white um maybe some of this literature would would make what? life a little easier for you but you look so white you do you feel like that you were subjugated against oh, I, because I, you're but i i look white to you because that's what you see i'm i'm what they call racially ambiguous what are you well i'm um, i'm half Puerto Rican and, and half white, but... Puerto Rican, really? If you ask... I never would have exactly, thought you were Puerto Rican. Exactly. But my Puerto my, my up-the-street neighbor, he thinks I'm West Indian. The guy across West the street... West Indian? Exactly. You, everybody sees what they want. It, it So I will... <sighs> I, and Pam, I, I know you pretty well, so I'm not kind of picking you out for this, but I will say it this way. Everyone sees what they want, and most white people see white. Yeah, I'm white. I you see know? white. You look like a you look like a you look like so, a white guy to me. Um, you don't look like Puerto Rican at all. And uh, and most most Latinos, they, that's you know what they see. They uh, see white people. And no, they see they, they see s- Puerto Rican. Lati- yeah. <sighs> and uh, the across the street neighbor from me uh, asked me one day. And this is great because when I first met him, he walked right up to me and he goes, "And this all that was said." And so let oh let's play a game real quick. Yeah. So, answer yes or no. No other answer. Answer honestly to my question. So he walks up to me and he asks me this: "Are you from Israel?" No. And then turned around and walked off. I still don't know if I passed or I failed. Mm. I've talked to him since. He's nice to me. We have interesting conversations. Does he think you're Palestinian? I have no idea. He thinks you're Palestinian. I don't get to know. That's. I mean, you I kind of, know. for the most part, I just go, "Oh, they're probably guessing this." But I go into situations a lot of the time going, I, I don't know where I'm standing. I don't know where right. I stand in this moment. Wow. You're Puerto Rican. Yeah. So did you get I even, you got I, all I, kinds I, of names? But if someone's going to call you a name as a child, I, they'd call you like bruiser or something. They're not going to oh, call no, you. Oh, no, I was skinny. I was tiny. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. No, I. but really quick to even really add even more of a layer of what the? Because in... And, I mean, I don't know if you know me well enough. I don't really, I don't make things up. Um, I don't need to. They seem like a person that makes things up. Um, but uh, I, Ashby Flea Market used to be able to buy bean pies from the Nation Islam guys there. And I like bean pies. Um, they're very tasty. Uh, you get little ones for a dollar. There used to be, you know. And so I walked up one day and I was like, hey, you got bean pies? And he looked around and went, I only have one left. I ain't going to sell them to any of these white people. But I'll sell them to you, brother. Huh. Oh, yeah. And I just went, okay, thank you. And I walked off. But like, and I'm not trying to claim any status with that. In fact, people quite see the what opposite they want to see. Is that I don't, like, I get, I have the benefit of having to guess. And it's been really good for me and really bad for me. Like, it's been really good for me because I kind of have to always have that, I wonder how this feels for, you know, and, and it has really been able to, it's, it's given me an opening to be empathetic to huh. a lot of people. That's nice. Empathy. Oh yeah. Do you, do you have empathy for David Strong in the past because of his epilepsy, or are you still like fuck that guy? Oh, I was never <laughs> fuck that guy. I always wanted that guy to leave me alone. Gotcha. I always wanted him just as like that was like like there was another look. I got tattooed not because I wanted to be a tough guy. I got tattooed because I figured, oh, you know what? No one talks to the guy covered in tattoos. Interesting. That has changed. That is absolutely. When I was changed. a young man, that was true. Sure. And then about 25, I noticed it stopped. It started the other way where people were just like, hey, those are great those tattoos. Are, yeah, oh my got- God. What's the story? Are they, what do they mean? Was that when you were born? It's like, lady, just go fuck. Like I really. The, the one that I get a lot is because I have a, 
I have a blue ribbon on my neck and on the bus guys will be like is that for Pabst Blue Ribbon and I'm like I made a lot of mistakes in my early 30s you know like it's yeah it is actually for Pabst Blue Ribbon and yeah I have a Pabst Blue Ribbon on my neck which was not like the crowning jewel in my best decision moments oh I have a couple of those I mean yeah I've got that but people still walk up to me and ask me for directions on the street because I as you said everybody sees what they want to see and when they see me despite the tattoos and despite the sour attitude they see nice white lady well i mean i so (laughs) So they ask me for directions this is this is one more of those moments i really don't know how you feel but i've gotten a little glimpse of it and i don't like the taste like the small taste i've gotten whereas you know women you you all have a good complaint cat calling it's very lame just simple as that and i i have a whole theory on why guys cat call and it has nothing to do with actually wanting to get laid in fact, quite the opposite. But really quick, I, uh, having co- been covered in tattoos for as long as I have, I, I and I'm not really liking strangers and, and generally being in a bad mood. I've been going places and uh, you know people feel the need. Hey, uh, I was. It's like no, go die. Like I don't. I, I did start a conversation with you. What are you talking to me about? But the, having the tattoos is gives everybody an opening, uh. and so I get the feeling of when you're walking down the street and you're like, I just want to kind of go from point A to point B. I don't want to have a conversation. I definitely don't want to, you know, uh, have to uh, accommodate this this you know gentleman that I find to be objectionable and and basically an asshole. And so I get that. It's like uh, well, every having a vagina gives everyone an opening. Nice, <laughs> nice it gives one. Gives everyone an opening, but yeah, no, and, and, and kind of I, uh, yeah, I mean, I so well, I get a little bit of that. Catcalling is about just expressing that you. It's ex, it's expressing to another person without their consent or engagement that you find something about them sexually attractive. I disagree. I mean, I agree that it happens. It, I mean, but I agree that I, it happens. But if you walk by but, and a guy says, nice ass, he's not saying, I want to have sex with you. What he's saying is, I want to tell you that I am sexually attracted to you in a public area. And it's like, okay. And I would say, and what he's really doing when he's doing that is telling all his friends, hey, look at me. See that? I told her she had a nice ass and look, she blew me off. I'm trying to get laid. He's not trying to get laid. He's just trying to make sure his friends think that he's a man. Uh, I think that a lot of our species doesn't don't fuck. So this is this f- is very funny what you bring up. You basically say that because whenever people get catcalled, girls go, "Well, it must have been me. It was something I was wearing. It's something I did." And it has nothing to do with that. Oh, it no, has that's to just do, opportunity. It has to do with the person talking. It's something yeah. about them oh, yeah. and what they have to prove. And so that's a good that, that's a good perspective because I, I don't that, have to take it personally because it really isn't about me. I think that most of the guys who cat call, I'm willing to bet if you really examine their dating life, they're not doing a lot of fucking. Mm. And they're not doing a lot of actual dating. But if you ask them, they're like, Yeah, I I'm trying to get with women all the time. I you know, I I I scream nice titties at that broad down the street. She didn't do I mean what what am I supposed to do? Actually be nice to him? <laughs> right. So yeah, and I think that a lot of, of <laughs> I think that it, there's a lot of different like splintered ideas, but uh, for the most part, I mean, there's a lot of people. Not everybody's going to want to procreate. Not everybody's going to want to go forward. And so, but everybody's expected to at least actually, you know, do the act. If sure. not, and so if you don't actually want to do the act, 
how do you get out of it without getting called names? You go, you go over, you go the other way. Right. It's like, I think he does protest too much. Um, right? It's more like if you see two guys in a bar, like, I mean, that works for sure. But it's not a protest. It's more like he announces too much. Like, right. like you see two guys in a bar. One's taking off his shirt, and he's like, "All right, let's go, motherfucker! I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna do it." He doesn't want to fight. If he wanted to fight, he'd be punching by now. Right. I never talked much. It's a po- I let the it's other opposing. guy talk. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's posing. Look, I mean, I was, I, you know, I, I, I sent that email to that chick, and she, she said I was inappropriate. I mean, what, what? I'm not supposed to ask her to fuck? <laughs> I guess in person, if you're drunk saying do you want to fuck it's fine right i mean if i don't know somebody and they're like you want to fuck i'm like no that's not gonna happen right but, like, and i'm not saying that guys aren't dumb enough to think that that's actually gonna work because there are certainly enough dumb guys that are like hey if i just ask everybody in the bar if they want to fuck at least one of them will say yes you know what it's probably right he's probably might not be the one that you choose first. Well, I think that if you're doing that, that you're, 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 the there are bar of what your, yeah. your bar of expectation is That's a little true. low, probably. Well, so no, here's the thing is, is your bar of expectation high or is your bar of expectation low or do you have no bar at all? Um, I mean, I at have, the bar, but I, don't I have, <laughs> I have, I mean, I, I have what I like and then, but there's two different ways we go this. I, if there, I have, uh, in my lifetime, I had, I, most of my relationships are just purely physical. Mm. Um, there's little, 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 uh, I mean, obviously you have to talk and you have to kind of see eye to eye in a little bit, Sure. but, uh, it's been, you know, mostly physical attraction and that kind of is all the relationship really is. Interesting. Um, and, but you were married. I was, I was, I was, <laughs> I, I've had some girlfriends. I've had some relationships. Um, by far though, I've had. A handful of relationships and i've slept with the more more women and uh so uh but the relationships i uh if i'm gonna like actually like you know hunker down and like like be present the, the woman has to be really smart has to be really creative um otherwise i get bored i get petty it gets bad hmm. and so i i don't even bother yeah i mean you know i, I, I even I, I so i had a small kerfuffle this week with my boyfriend and I actually had no problem being alone for four days and it felt so good. Oh, I don't have a lighter. Oh, you gave me your lighter and I, what did I do with it? I put it in my, the lighter game. I didn't put it outside, did I? What did I do with the damn light? What did well, I do Well, you keep talking and I'll go find the lighter. Yeah, go find. So uh, we had a small kerfuffle this week and I actually felt like, I, I don't even, I have no, I, relationships are great, but do we really need them? Oh, good, it was outside. Fantastic. Uh, I had four days where I just wasn't kind of, we took a little time off and I just, but I wasn't, I didn't go, I went out a lot, but I didn't even think about guys or anything. I was just thinking about comedy and having fun and it was great. I mean, it was like four days without that pressure of, am I making somebody happy? Are they happy? Why aren't they happy? Do I have to meet them here? Do I have to do that? And do I have to text them? And I was like, oh, I'm oh am- my God, is this what it's like to be single? It's so easy. I'm amazed by relationships. I mean, I'm in one right now. Um, it's pretty weird. Um, we have, well, what's weird, I, I got out of my marriage and I was like, okay, all right. So I have really gone to the end of the spectrum as far as relationships go. I've been married. I've had a really bad divorce. 
I think that I'm good. I think I'm going to go back to just doing the physical thing and not worry about this relationship thing because I obviously, for the better of everyone involved, I should probably not be involved in one. And now I'm like, uh, I've adopted a puppy with this woman. Wow. Um, I I spend the night quite a bit at her house. I, uh, um, I pick up her, her daughter at school. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's gone like, you know, in, in for the a penny, pen- in for a pound. The kind of. pendulum swung. Oh yeah. And so, but, uh, I, I definitely like being in a relation like this one's really interesting cause it, it's, it's really intense and really loose at the same time. Oh. I mean, I'd be interested if it can keep that kind of structure for, for long. I, uh, I'd be happy if it did, <laughs> um, but uh, I, the, the, the idea that you can, you have to be there to make someone happy is, is really odd to me. It is. And it's, I mean, that's when you get into all that codependency stuff. So right. my, my first marriage, I was so codependent. Like I remember the beginning of our relationship and we had to spend like a Thanksgiving apart or something. Cause he was at his parents and I was at mine. And I was beside myself. I was like crying and distraught and I couldn't deal with the other people around me and the family and I was up there and I was so upset. And I and my mom came downstairs, we used to talk, and she said, I don't think this is healthy that you feel like you need to be with this person that much. I think that this might be a problem. And it was like before we ended up getting married. But then we were married and then everything, once you're in a codependent relationship when you're like 19 and then you're 25 and you're like, let's get married. You don't even understand like what codependency is or how complicit you are in that situation. Well, I think not only that, like when you're in this situation, you don't, you, you, you're not able to go, Oh, I am codependent. That's, that's like a, that's like a junkie on his way up the ladder. Right. Oh, I guess you don't, you don't realize it until you're like, Oh, I'm throwing dishes again. Right. Ah. I did that. That's so funny. I, there, that was one of the things when I realized that I was an insane person with my ex-husband. I, we were in a fight and I was in the kitchen and, uh, we weren't married yet. We were still engaged or whatever, but we were going to get married and I took this glass and I threw it on the ground and it shatters into pieces and I looked at him and I'm like clean it up wow that's like one of the craziest woman things I've ever that's done that's pretty good that's like, pretty good I uh I gotta say, yeah, I, I, I was, I was nuts. I don't even remember what we were fighting about. Oh, you know, I mean, you no never concept like, or clue. But I, I don't break things anymore. I haven't broken anything. I haven't broken anything in a fight. In, I can't remember how long. Like I think about it. Like sometimes I get so frustrated. I just want to throw oh, my break, cell phone. I still break stuff. I, can't, I still I can't break, break stuff. Things. I, I'm uh, too but poor I have to break like, things. Oh, I see. I have, I have stuff that I buy. Specifically that, like, to break? Not that's specifically smart. to break. I, I buy them because they function, but they're cheap. Like I had a fan in my, my, my apartment for a little while. That thing that thing uh, took a lot of beatings. I bet. Um, but like, <laughs> it, I'm really good at breaking stuff, so I should probably stick to in, inanimate objects. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, those that you don't, you don't have to like say, you know, I'm sorry, I, I broke your finger. I, right. you know, I, I told you not to stick it in my face so much. You know, I actually did that at a club one night. You broke someone's finger? Yeah, I I kicked this guy out and he he decided he didn't want to leave. And so he was literally, he was standing there with like his finger in my face as I had to work the front door. And I was like, hey, you know what? And I really did. I go, hey, you know what? I'm going to count to three and then I'm going to do something that's going to make you hate me for the rest of your life. 
but you have a chance to go without that, you know, without that experience. So it's up to you. Fuck you, give your fucking dick. I, I, I know, I know, I am the worst person on earth. I know, but I'm telling you, I'm gonna start counting here in a second. And when I finish counting, I guarantee you, you are never gonna look at yourself again and think, I like. You're gonna hate me for the rest of your life. You ready? And of course, you know, he did the. Um, oh, I'm, I'll show you. And he counted for me. Okay, that's fine. We've gotten that away. You're the door guy at this point. Yeah, I I counted to three and reached out and I took his finger in my hand and I made the top of it touch the back of his hand. Oh my God. Yeah. But you're the door guy. Do you get in trouble for that kind of stuff? Um, You kind of do. You kind of don't. Um, It all depends on who you do it to when you do it. Um, I got away with that one. That one was a little dicey. It was out front, in front of people. Um, But he had had his finger in my face so I could... I could theoretically, you know, I actually, okay, so one, oh, here, here's a good one that encompasses two things. Okay. So I kick a guy out, right? I don't remember what he's doing. Just kick him out. He goes out the front door. He's yelling at me, ba ba ba. you know, I'm going to get you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you, you and the rest of the world. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I go back to doing my job. At some point, my boss comes up and goes, all right, I need you to go secure the side gate, which is basically go make sure it's still locked and nobody's gone in the back sure. area. So he's still out there. And so I go out there and I'm walking towards the gate and he's kind of walking in front of me, giving me a, a, a talking to, and I'm ignoring him for the most part because it just, you know, I, I I would vacillate between, you know, wanting to take care of stuff and just not wanting. I mean, really, dude, I, I could just kill you. It wouldn't be a problem. You should just, you know. Yeah, but I wasn't even off, actually buddy. talking to him at that point. I just was walking. He, uh, he decided that he was really going to dig into deep into the bag of how do I get this guy mad? And uh, he called me the N-word. What? Yes. Like I said, like I said, you see what you want to see. Um, it I, Was your I head shaved or did you have hair? I didn't have a head tattoo at the time. Wow. Um, so I think I had a little bit of hair maybe. I don't, I've gone don't through a black. lot of haircuts. I've gone through a lot of hairstyles in my life. So I honestly don't remember at the time what I was sporting then. Yeah. I had, I definitely had the forehead tattoo. So I probably did have a head shave, my head shave. And so, uh, so I punched him. I got him a really, I got him this really good clean left. It hit him like right over, right, right on the maxilla, right over the, uh, right under the nose, and uh, he he bounced off the uh, chain link fence and just kind of he was asleep. Oh wow! Yeah, it, it's definitely like it's definitely the one of the the best worst feelings you have is when you know you've knocked somebody out with one punch. Yeah, sure. It's it's definitely a oh wow. I can I, do that. I I kind of feel a little powerful right now. And it's definitely a bad feeling to get really attached to because there's really nothing like it. Right. No, I agree. You know, and so... Uh, I have so, no upper body strength. So every time I've ever tried to connect with a punch, nothing really happens. Well... Do you know what I mean? That That's a little... You got to have some form to it's, it's It's better for me to go with the big slap across the face. Oh, the big slap's a good one too, though. The I, slap across the face for me seems more effective than the punch because the punch doesn't really get anywhere because I just don't have the upper well, body Well, it all depends strength. on what your goal is. Like a slap for, for a guy. Like you slap a guy, one guy slap another guy. He's like, I, I don't even consider you like a threat. Like, right. I'm just go away. Right. Like I actually, when I worked, uh, when I worked at this one club, I developed a, uh, developed a uh, really good, like, I don't know what, what you consider it an ability, a talent, uh, but I could slap somebody's glasses off their face wow. without touching their face. Wow. Yeah. 
That's good for assault. See now here as we as we as we playfully talk about assault. So well, okay. So this is this is where it gets. This is where it gets good. So so I've knocked the guy out. He's laying on the on the sidewalk. I just I go eh, and I go back inside because I'm like I got to work. Yeah, it's right? your job. And so about an hour later, my my manager comes up and goes, uh, Jeremy. Uh, the police are in the office. They want to talk to you about what happened. Maybe you want to give me a to explain to this to me again. And so I told him what happened. He said, "I, I would, I would not tell. Uh, maybe tell the uh, officer that he swung at you first. Maybe, maybe make it a little less illegal. Make it, you know, a little less. You know, you, you should lock back. me That's up nice. right now." And so I went, all right. And I so went down to the uh, the office, and there's an officer down there who uh, I actually ended up later doing jujitsu with. Cool. But uh, he goes, oh, all right, Mr. Atkins, what's uh, what 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 happened? You just tell me what happened. He pulled out his little notebook, and he's about to start writing. And so I told him the story, except this time around, instead of saying the N word, the guy swung at me. Ah. And uh, he goes, and it was great because I got to that part, and as you know, then he fell against the fence, and he was on the, the ground. I, I made sure he was okay, and I walked back inside. At that point, he, he closes his notebook. He has actually been writing. He says, Mr. Adkins, it sounds like what has happened here is that the young man, not sure on his feet, tripped over his own feet, fell against the chain link fence, knocked himself out, and uh, you did your best to revive him, but you had to, you know, you had other people, other patrons to worry about, and so I don't think any charges should be uh, filed. Um, thank you, and you have a good night. Wow. And I walked out, and I was, I was really grateful. But I also want you to look at something really quick. That's how it keeps going. That's how it all keeps going. And because I, he I would, didn't learn a lesson, and but, you didn't learn. And I got away with a crime because some crime. cop decided I was on the right side. Ah. And that's how it happens. And every time somebody gets really happy that they got away with it because some cop or some lawyer or some some judge let them slide because they were like, oh well, you're on my team. And it that's how it happens. So the only example I have in my life that's similar but opposite is when I did take responsibility. So I got a DUI, flipped my car three times, and I'd been drinking, I'd been wine tasting, wine drinking by myself, and I'd gone to five wineries, and at the last, at the wineries I'd been taking pictures with a sock monkey, and um, anyways, I leave the fifth winery, get in my car, don't remember getting in my car, don't remember putting my seatbelt on, thank God I put my seatbelt on, it saved my life. And uh, so I'm later on, my father calls me and he says, I can get you a lawyer. You have those pictures. You have pictures of the people that served you last. And I said, it's this really great winery called Gray Area. And I love these guys. They're in Paso Robles. I'm not going to throw these guys under the bus. Like he's like, but you were overserved. You don't have to get this DUI. We can get you off of this. We can get a lawyer and we can say that these people overserved you. They should have known you had a sock monkey. You were alone. You were drunk. I saw the pictures. I said, you didn't. I didn't look drunk in those pictures. And in their defense, nobody ever knows when I'm drunk. Nobody knows. You couldn't tell. Nobody could tell. So my own people were trying to get me to throw other people under the bus right, but that, so that I wouldn't have to take responsibility for what I did. When what I did was go wine tasting on an empty stomach alone in Paso Robles with a sock monkey and a camera. And I should not have ever driven after that fifth winery. I got off the freeway at one point. I, I took a picture of the Bud, the Bud Light van and I thought, isn't that funny? I've been drinking wine and there's Bud Light. But when I did that, I was like, I need to get off the freeway. I'm on a big freeway. I should go on the back roads of Los Olivos County. So I drove around for hours, just super drunk on the back roads. And I ended up just flying off a road, hitting a ditch, car flips over. 
Long I, story short, I'm ready to take responsibility right. for all of this. I'm like, I will never drive again. I will not get my license back. I will say I'm sorry to the courts. I will do whatever classes I have to do. I will go to AA if you want me to. I will do whatever. And what my rich people are telling me is, no, we can get a lawyer. We can throw these people under the bus and you're going to be okay. And I'm like... I don't think that I want to perpetuate the system in that way. Like, I don't want to be another rich person that gets off because I have money. It, it, this was, it was my fault. And I'm lucky that nobody got hurt, including me, and that I only totaled a car. And So I yeah. wanted to really, I wanted to say really quick, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, the irony of you, one of the parts of, in your story is that you got off the freeway. To drive on all these windy roads to be safe. To be and safe. The, the irony is that if you'd stayed on the freeway and just gone right home, that possibly would not have happened. I never would have gotten home. This okay. was I was in Paso Robles and I was ah. driving back to San Diego. Ah, so okay. I was yeah. never gonna make it. That, yeah, okay. I should not have been in the car. Wow. When I when I finally blew. Yeah, that's a lot of LA to go through. It was a lot because it was yeah. above. So I'm, it, anyway, so I when I blew and this is so the last drink I had was like at noon because I remember the timestamp was on the camera too, and when the accident happened it was like after four o'clock and by the time I got the the breathalyzer it was like five o'clock so this is five hours after my last drink and I still blew a point one two eight. Five hours after. Wow. Which means that when I was driving around. Yeah, you were, you were. I was like probably at point three. I, uh, I gotta say, like, I, that's one of the areas. I'm not much of a drinker. I'm a pretty bad drinker in the sense that, like, I drink, like, the last time I got drunk, I drank a can and a half of cider. I was really drunk. I woke up the next day really hungover. Oof. Uh, it was aw- and I went wow I do I do not do this I gotta stop this is this that's is like silly. 20 ounces of cider that's like nothing exactly right like like I went to the the, the comedian thing where we, we all showed up at Applebee's to drink the one dollar Long Island iced teas <laughs> I drank two of them and everybody's like you've had enough like you're not getting it shh you're okay just wow. yeah oh yeah it was yeah I mean and I, I was being a little boisterous on purpose because I thought that I was under the impression that, that we were supposed to get kicked out. Oh. Uh, but apparently we were not to be rude to the staff at all. And even though we were planning on tipping graciously, we were still like, it, it was, I was confused. Yeah. Dollar Long Island said Applebee's. Yeah. Oh, geez. I wish I was invited to that party. Um, I think it was a very spur of the moment that like, it was like, okay, we're posting this. If you want to show up, come on down. Um, Fun times. Oh, yeah. But you're not a drinker. You're you're a pot smoker. I smoke pot. That's good for you. Yeah. People that have have had issues in the past with fighting probably shouldn't drink. Um. Oh yeah, that was never. Any, I. You I didn't had, fight because you were drinking. You just fighting. fuck. Like, you were fighting. I, I yeah, I had a problem with fighting. It wasn't it, like I drinking would not have exasperated that. So, it would have made. I should probably helped it because I I don't I drink and I go. I want to go to sleep. Yeah. Instead of being like I want to beat someone. So where do you feel like you're rage stems from is it is it from your mother is oh it's it from, from everything but i mean it's like it starts mine is my, from my brother i know exactly where all my it starts issues with my mom from. It, it it works with how repressive my family was mm. it works with my my place in the universe like my place in like literal society was sure. uh, was never really all that secure like you know multiple multiple schools uh, I went to... So it's a safety issue. Um, you feel rage because you haven't felt safe? 
No, maybe. I mean, I'm not willing to say that's not it. I'm not. Did you ever go to therapy for it? I've been to a couple of therapists. I've been to a few therapists, and I usually just kind of pick at them. And, and I know. And, I don't like therapy either. It never works for me. I, I, I feel like I'm t- I can't deal with therapy because I feel like I can. It takes so long to find a person that you can trust to actually tell them the things. And for me, I can't really afford it anyway. So I'm like looking at this, what, like maybe 27-year-old girl who just got out of college. And I'm like, you're going to fix my problems? Give me a break. I'm not really so much worried about that. Is it like I'm not really sure I want all of it fixed. Oh, that's I mean, an it's interesting me here. I like where I'm here now. Like, why... Why would I, why, you know... If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, it's very broke. I mean, it's very (laughs) broke. It's it's awful, and it's off the hinges all the time. But um, I'm having a good time. I got here. Um, I haven't killed anyone yet. Right on. Um, So... uh, I don't... I haven't either, but I had a dream the other night that I had a body hidden under these stairs. And in the dream, it was so real. Like, I was so worried that people were going to find this decomposing body underneath the stairs of a house that I didn't even own. I was like, why did I put the body here? And then I was like, what? So when I woke up, I was like, did I really... Did I really kill someone? Did I really put a body somewhere? And I had to like convince myself as I was awake, no, no, you've never killed anyone and you've never hidden a body under the stairs. So, but for some reason. Yeah, no, I, uh, I definitely like, uh, I've definitely got some, uh, some issues and I definitely like, I, I, we were, I was on here before and I talked about this briefly where I think that I probably a couple of clicks down the autism spectrum. I don't given think that, that you're, that, uh, I, as a person who's, has taught and uh, dealt is the wrong word, but worked extensively with people on the spectrum. I would never think you're on the spectrum. But I get, I get, you know. So it, it that is uh, that is just from what I've read, and so I, I'm not, I'm not holding on to that one. I don't really like. I don't really have a diagnosis, but there's definitely some uh, organic. I mean, I've got there's two or three of my family members. Uh, on the autism spectrum, my uncle uh-huh. being being the, the the furthest down the the road as far as that goes of the of the two or three, um, and you know I mean, we got some interesting history in my family. Like my uh, I have a tattoo on my chest that says "I'll be in hell before you start <laughs> breakfast, boys." It's uh, my great 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 uncle said it right before they hung him. Whoa, is, uh, Thomas Blackjack Ketchum. Um, so I'll be in hell before you make breakfast, my, boys. Uh, like I think, and if I remember correctly, I might be off on this. Um, I figured it out quite a while ago, but I'm pretty sure I am the first male, like male generation of my family that hasn't either gone to war or been an outlaw. Wow. So, yeah. So conflict is kind of uh, it's there. Wow, that's in your. So, do you believe in past lives or anything? Do you think that? Oh no, not at all. I'm a cash and carry kind of guy. I okay. believe that like we're one electrical impulse away from being dead. Okay. You know, yeah, it's over. I, I I I vacillate between that and there's this psychic horizons place here in the mission, and they did this free psychic reading, and I only went in because I was like, let's see how full of shit these people are, and so they do like a past life thing on me, and they were okay. like you have problems with your father. And I said, no, actually I have problems with my mother. My father's great. And they're like, oh no, 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 not your father from this life. Your father from like all the, and I'm like, okay, so tell me about one of these lives. And there, she's holding my hands and she goes, 
you were a French prostitute. And I'm like, what? One of my past lives, I was a prostitute in France? Like, give me some time. This sounds, wow, I'm sure. So I went along with it. But supposedly I had problems with my father in a past life, which is why I went out to be a prostitute in France and See, I died of something. See, I, I don't have a problem with the idea of, like somebody telling you you have a past life. I just... I couldn't pay for it like that. That's money that, that I, I. Oh, it was free. Oh, I okay. would never pay oh, for right. it. Yeah, it was I, a free thing. They're like, come on upstairs and do some psychic stuff, and I was like, all right. If I absolutely had nothing to do, I. It I was a Saturday. Could. I had yeah, nothing to do. There you go. But like, I, I'm rarely <laughs> find. I rarely find myself in those situations where it's like, hey, I don't have anything to do, and there's a psychic reader. It was before I did comedy. Ah. So it was when I had less time on my hands oh yeah i have more time, more time on my now hands. that i do comedy oh i have less time now that i, uh, I do comedy yeah I, I feel like all i do is comedy i uh, i used to before comedy i was a i, I taught jujitsu i was a jujitsu black belt i competed all the time it's kind of like my Much singleness the singleness of mind for that thing a healthy so, individual uh yes and no i mean you know healthy in the sense that i was very much better shape than i am now um uh, physically, I was pretty beat up. Like both my knees are pretty shot. Mm. I have a, a permanently dislocated rib. Oof! Because uh, I don't. I, it's in a spot that it twists and it doesn't heal, but huh. it doesn't pop out anymore because I don't do jujitsu. Uh, but it would routinely pop out. Um, yeah. Crazy times. Uh, all my fingers and toes have been dislocated. So. Oh. Yeah, it, it's not a. It's. Mo- you have been to war. I, I, you say that you're the only person in your family, but you've been into the war of jiu-jitsu. You made your own war. I, I kind of did. I mean, I, you're I a fighter up, in your own war. I grew Jeremy. up with conflict, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can you've see that. Created your own battle, and you're fighting. <laughs> like, but it's good that you haven't been to. I mean, some people do that route where they they go into the military, and I just. And it's lucky that you didn't get that way because usually if you're in juvie and you're in foster homes and you don't do so well in high school and you get out, what the fuck are you going to do? And the military goes, we'll take you. Yeah, they weren't. I I have a serious problem with authority. I do too. I have like, I I can't stand it. Um, I hate being the boss. Um, I hate the boss. Like, like, I mean, you could have been my friend five minutes ago. You hire me. You're the boss. I don't really like you anymore. Huh? Fuck the boss. Boss is a dick. Yeah. I've uh, I've never really been a boss. Like, have you, so you've heard about this. I've been a boss a few times. Um, I try to be, I try to be fair in the sense that like my, in my judgments, but, uh, I'm not, I, I, I'm probably not an easy person. I expect a lot. Like Mm. the, when I hired the comics, I think I was able to be a little more calm about it. Because you um, knew you had your, you, it start. It's all about the bar. The bar was very low. Right. Um, but like yeah, no, I, uh, I definitely, um, I, I've definitely been def- difficult to uh, have as a boss and have as an employee. Uh, yeah. I have, I have two, but I don't mean to. Usually, when I'm in an employee situation, I'm very uh, agreeable uh, to their face. <laughs> oh, I'll do the work. I mean, I do. Oh, no, I, I work I, hard, but I just like. I, I, I've grown up a little bit though because I, I recently I've got this union job that I do cool. um, it's it's an amazing job in in one of the big ways is that they pay me really well um, and I can choose to do it or not whenever I want and cool. there's like four years where I didn't do it four or five years where I didn't do it 
Um, and then I just walked back on the show floor. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not saying I'm great at it, but I'm good enough to where like I was around for five years and, and companies are, still wanted to hire me back on pretty much on the spot. That's great. So, uh, but yeah, we had this, uh, I worked for the, the big company this last go around. And uh, every morning, every morning, the guy would get up there and he'd explain that like, all right, guys, you've been doing very well. And he'd go over this list of things we'd done well, we, like markers we'd hit. And then he goes, but today we're going to have a longer day. And so I'm, and basically he'd get up every day and go, you worked hard, now work harder. Right. And that was his pep talk. And like day, you know, in, in my earlier years, I probably would have not said something out loud, but definitely made some, some asides to other people. And, you know, that, that gets back to bosses. And sure. So, um, so I kept my mouth shut, but uh, people, it was interesting. People have talked shit about me on their podcasts, and I've listened, and I've been like, "You oh. have to know that I listen to people's podcasts, so right? I got, like, I got, you don't know that I listen." I got one better. I got one better for you. I got I got a better one. It happened here. Oh, cool. So I was on one of your shows, and I had like a little video camera that I I recorded with, and I would hook it up to my coffee cup, and so my coffee cup was up in this windowsill. And I went on, I did my thing, and I come back, and I guess the, the fellas that were standing here, uh, they didn't realize that I was recording, because as I reached over to uh, get my camera and turn it off, one of them was like, oh, uh, uh, hey, uh, so uh, I hope you don't think I'm too much of an asshole. I, uh, and I went, hey, you know what? How you want to be is up to you. I guess we'll go from there, huh? And they kind of went, uh, uh, like I was making a threat. I, just, I don't care. I really so what was on the video? Was it? I, didn't, I, I, I couldn't really hear it, and I didn't really try. Yeah. Because if he doesn't want to say it to me, I don't really need to know what it is. Right. I mean, he was basically bad mouthing you during your set. Yeah. And I mean, you were recording your set. Yeah. And, and so, so you would be like, I can hear you what you said, and then got gotcha. And I, I never really listened. I don't even think I watched that set. I. What? What? I'm the, learning that all comedians are piles of dog shit. And that I need to not take into heart and stock of my own self their opinion of me. Well, there's a there's a really good quote that I like is that uh, your opinion of me is none of my business. <laughs> that um, is good. I and I have to live by that because I I bring out some pretty like strong opinions. Hmm. You know, people people make some pretty good decisions about me before they even talk to me, and then they talk to me with with certain ideas of, of how and who I am. Prejudice. I think that's called prejudice. Ah, uh, I think that's just you know I, I present a or, pretty strong figure, and and so or, uh, I get judged pretty quickly. It's uh, racial profiling, or just it's human profiling. Possible. It's human like, profiling. Like I walk into a situation because I really don't like. You know, it all depends on what people think about somebody who's covered in tattoos. All depends on what they think of me as, like, who I am. Like, I don't even know that. All depends on what they, they goes through their head when I look at them. Because I might be in mid-thought, and I I, I kind of have a gruff exterior, and I can kind of stare at people a little, little not, you it's know. It's your lesbian grin. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, like, and Whose joke is that? It, it's a great joke. Oh. And I stole it from someone, and she goes... I don't have resting bitch face. I have what I like to call a, it's Nicole Love. It's okay. Nicole Love's joke, and she's hilarious. Oh, she is. She's and she goes, I call funny. it my lesbian I, grin. I always love watching her do her thing. She's she great. is very. Funny. I wish she'd come to the city more. Nicole, if you ever listen to this, come over from Oakland. I uh, but yeah, like I'll be if I'm mid thought and I look at somebody, it's sometimes because it looks a little like this, and they're like, oh wait, why did what, what did I, did I do, I do wrong? Yeah, cut the cheese. So, um, yeah. So I don't know. 
I, I, I kind of, I gave up on that a while ago. I'm trying to give up on it, but I feel like how we're old together. You're, how you're do the, we be part of the cool kids club? I feel like, I mean, okay, so A, I know we're supposed to do cocaine. I don't do cocaine, so I know I'm never going to be cool. That's fine. Well, okay, but, but are you talking about like, I'm comedians? talking like yeah, comedian, the comedian cool kids. You know okay. the kids I'm talking about. You know the cool comedians. Come on, I'm not yeah. going to name any names, but I, I, come on, there's some clicks I of do, cool I, comedians. I know what you're saying, and I got to say that I don't really know the hierarchy in the comedian scene in this this particular like in the San Francisco, the Bay Area, because I haven't, I don't do a really good job of socializing. So I'm definitely not. I'm, I know I'm not one of the cool kids. That's for sure. That's, that's, that's what I feel. About. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm one, one of those cool people kids. that like if I do get an invite to like a party or something, it's I, I generally get the feeling that. Like when I leave, they go, "Why? Why was that? Why did that happen? Why? Can you not do that again?" Right. So, um, yeah. I mean, the, the invites are far and few between, and like I don't do a really good job of, of getting them by not being very social. Mm. Um, I Maybe do. A, that's the problem. I'm not terribly yeah, you, sociable. You have to be social to continue. Like it's it's a thing. Like you you have to be in with the cool kids. Are all out being cool? Are you out being cool? Sometimes. That's not enough. I, I mean, was. It's, it's a full time job. I just yeah. I don't have time to be that cool, and I don't. And I don't. And I don't do cocaine. I honestly. It's so funny because drummer comedian Aaron Barrett used to be a comedian, and he is still a drummer. And he would always say that that's the thing with bands. And he'd be like, you know what? I feel like the reason. And it's, he's he's such a talented drummer, and his band Floating Goat is so great. And he would say like, I think the reason that we don't get booked as much is that we don't do cocaine. We don't like hang out with all the cool kids and take shots of whiskey until sun up and well, and do all that stuff and and I feel the same way about comedy right now like last week there was a party I went to and I stayed till the end and all the cool kids came out of the bathroom and I'm glad they didn't invite me because I wouldn't have done it anyway because I don't do that stuff because I'm too old but still I was like I'm here at the party I'm trying to be cool and social and it it just always backfires. Like it, someone, someone ended up getting yelling at me in front of everybody, saying that my reputation is ruined forever because of something I wrote on the internet. And I'm like, give me a break. Give me it's fucking Facebook. Grow up. We're really freaked out about you're yelling at me in front of everyone in the comedy community because. Because I said something yeah, on that, Facebook? I mean, that's... That. Like, I was like, go in the bathroom and take some more cocaine and then calm the fuck down. Like, you, really, you're... Ye- it was... I, I mean, I was embarrassed for him because he was yelling at me in front of all these people and I look like the asshole. Because I ended up yelling, too. I ended, So I did end up well, looking like an asshole. The, the problem the problem is, and I, 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 I'm not trying to address this specific moment, but the problem is that if... The folks that are worried about the drama, they're worried about the Facebook thing. If you're not worrying about it on the same level as them, then it's going to either be perceived that you you don't give a shit about what they care about, which is awful, or that you're above, you think that you're above what they care about, or that you're in direct opposition of it, Mm. which is all the three, like... yeah. And and the thing about I think I think it's the second one. I think people probably think that I people think that I think that I'm above it, or that I think that what's attributed to my personality that I don't mean for it to be attributed is a sense of pretentiousness. Okay. But my pretension comes from the concept that I'm the only comedian in San Francisco that owns their own fucking space, so I get to be a little fucking pretentious about it. 
right? Okay. No? I, I, a little? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, Am I'm I pretentious? I'm, I'm bad. I'm pretentious, I'm bad at I guess. That. I, I kind of, I, I'm 46. I've lived an odd life. And so when I'm interacting with people, I don't. I definitely don't give them what they're expecting. Mm. And so that throws people off a little bit. And I'm definitely a little more um, uh, brusque. Mm. Than, 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 than I try to be. Than the average bear. Than the average bear. Um, <laughs> More brusque but, uh, than the average bear. That would be a good t-shirt for you. That uh, would be a good name for your first album. There you go. More brusque than the average bear. Oh, but then, nice. it would, then it would put you into like the gay category, which I know you're not. And you're I, not I'm, a bear I'm, even I'm, if you were gay because you're fine. thin. I'm fi- I would be an otter. I would, would be, be an, an otter, otter if I was, um, and I'm fine with with like I I I, I guess I sort of answered it, but I don't really care whether or not people think I'm gay because I could be. I mean, I do talk about my problems with women, but that doesn't mean I'm not sleeping with men. Sure. Um, and I sort of kind of have a, a transgender girlfriend. Cool. But that's kind of a joke, but it isn't. Um, so. Um, yeah, those are those are things that that like I, I there was for a little while, and I had a couple of a comedian and a friend of a comedian come up to me, and go, hey, so are you bi? And I think like the second one was actually trying to hit on me, trying to figure out if he could go further because he was like, I've heard you're bi, and I went, I, you know, I and I didn't want like I, I'm not really worried about him thinking I'm bi, but I definitely don't want to you know make it seem like I'm available and you have never want to try you don't want to date a comedian no one wants to date a comedian well he was a friend of a comedian oh okay well that's and, fine but, and I still that's think fine. it's unfair to, uh, to, to, to give false uh, false hope on situations like that sure um, you know so I, yeah I don't know what the answer it's is it's flattering too what? I'm always amazed when guys are always like oh my god that guy hit on me it's like dude take it as a compliment and move on right right I mean, I don't even know. There's, I have a new T-shirt over there that says "Flirting is Rape." I'm gonna give it out at a show because it's like, what is the, what's the line anymore? I don't even, I don't even know. Oh, I, man, it, it has always been like I've always like it's worse for me now, but it's always been online dating has always been definitely better for me. Mm. I, uh, I'm, 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 I'm worried about you know, like I don't want to be pushy with anybody at all. Um, and I definitely unless you're hitting him in the face, then you can be oh, pushy then, all day. Then, but then we've already gone past <laughs> no, pushy. Know, then joking, we're to I'm assault, joking. and it's you right, know, right, right, right. I've already been polite enough, you know. Right. I uh, I've already explained to the person probably two or three times that I'm about to beat the shit out of them. Right. I like to I like to give a little bit of warning. It's um, so sweet of you, you know, especially yeah. if you do it really calmly, and you're like, so you have to three till I break your finger, get it out of my face. I'm gonna be nice about it until you know. we get to that point where I'm not. You know, I, I've I've uh, I've had a couple of moments. I, I just remember that. So I, I told this guy that like I had a long, long drawn out just drama, and I was just really tired of it. And I worked at this club, and it was it was my uh, my was it, no, it was my second to last night. It was my second to last night, and uh, I explained to him that uh, hey, you know, tomorrow, you know, a couple of days, I'm not going to work here anymore, and you're not going to have this opportunity. So why don't we uh, why don't we take this moment? I'll take my shirt off. We'll go around the corner. I'll beat the shit out of you. And we'll have resolved this before I go away. How's that sound? And he was all like, yeah, yeah, all right. And so I took my shirt off and I came back. And I wore a sweatshirt under the shirt when I was at work because I had to work outside quite a bit. And I had the sweatshirt off and the uh, the T-shirt off. And we somehow we'd end up with a third party who's going to be a uh, referee of some kind. Wow. And he, uh, he looks over this guy and goes, oh, he's a little bigger than I thought he'd be. <laughs> and we went around the corner and I beat on him until my arms couldn't move. 
Wow. And then the, the, the best part of this is, though, so I get done. Just, I mean, I, I pretty much annihilated him. Um, and uh, I got up, and he looks up at me. He's like, I, I'm still not scared of you. And I said, that might be the problem. That might be the problem right there that you are not understanding when you should be afraid. Right. So You don't know when to stay down, buddy. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I can, I can, you know. I, I wish I was better at fighting. I, I never, I, I, I never, I always like, ugh, people have always made fun of me and I've never, and I have a lot of anger and I've never been able to express it in a way where I feel satisfied because I've been, I mean, it, I should be used to it by now when like the comedians call me a pile of shit or they make fun of me or whatever because people have been making fun of me my entire life. I used to be fat and all these other things, but I could never, the only major thing I ever did was throw a brick through a window. That's pretty good. But here's here's my, here's my question. I want to retaliate. Here's my question. Yeah. What do you want to get out of the retaliation? I want to feel better. I want to feel like, I want to feel that, I want to feel like not that I can defend myself in a way because so when people pick on me with words and stuff like I try to come back for example last week it would have been I mean I didn't even think about throwing a punch at him but I should have that would have been bad but I I I did even with my words and even when I called him um, a stupid 12 year old cunt faced girl that paid attention to things I was like why don't you go tweet about it why don't you go put it on Twitter and you know whatever like even when I try to like verbally make people feel as little as they make me feel it never works it never you're not okay so i hate to interrupt you but you're not you're not achieving the thing that you want to have as being sad like when i was a young man you know kicking some getting my ass kicked kicking some ass i let's let's get that out of the way right now I, i got my ass kicked as much as I kicked ass. I, I've definitely gotten my ass kicked a lot. Um, I got punched. Like, the last time I got in a fight, I just got my face punched. Um, it wasn't really fun. But I probably had it coming. So I'm mm. not really complaining. But my point is that I never got into those things with the idea that something would be solved other oh. than who can kick whose ass. Interesting. Like, there is... At the end of the day, there is really no solution in the outside world there's going to be unless you come to a resolution with the other person. So you have to be very comfortable in going, okay, I, I've done this. That's what I can do. I'm satisfied. Right. You know, it's why I don't really want to get into a revenge thing with anybody unless it's really worth it. Cause I don't have a limit sometimes. Sure. And I don't want, I mean like get into a revenge cause a guy says something that I hear on, on some tape from mutiny radio. Right. I, really? I'm going to end up, you know, breaking one of your fingers or punching your teeth out because you can't keep your mouth shut. That's going to be on me then. Right, right, right. You know, right. I, I don't care. And like to the point of, to the point of, I honestly, I have a vague idea of who it was. I have put it out of my head so much that like I would have to really go back and examine it to remember who it was. Sure. And so I would say you need to come up with your own system, your own values right in which you can fulfill your side of it and really become it takes a lot of strength it's it takes a lot of strength to go i'm satisfied with it i don't care that they think that they have the upper hand i'm not good at it you're right you're absolutely right it it's something inside me that i need to fix with me and that getting in a physical altercation outside myself 
isn't going to make me feel better even if I win like even if I even if I best them with my words I'm probably still not going to feel good because I'm going to feel like oh that feels like a shitty situation with a well, person see, I have to see again see that's the, the, the I mean you have to find the thing that answers it for you you know, um, I, have, I have so much work to do. No, I don't. I don't have time. I don't even have time to do the. But this was this was actually a really good therapy session. Did it work for you? Do you feel good? You feel oh, I better? always feel good when I get to talk. Oh, okay, I, good. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, but I, I do and I don't. I mean, like you know, I'm gonna go. Well, actually, I'm gonna get on bar. It was great. I, Are I, you not gonna hit um, Eagle tonight? I mean, you're here. What you got things to do over there? Oh, I got uh, I got dogs to take care of. Like oh. I I at the see you have a that's the trick. You have a life outside of comedy that's in, that's important and that matters you have to take care of dogs you have a new girlfriend you have houses and things to take care of so it's like fucking comedy who gives a fuck you've got to I mean, keep I've a dog alive done, I've always done that like I've always yeah. done it where I have a constant movement in my life you know uh, I, I either have done spoken word toured with bands done jujitsu I've always had something that I pursue and comedy is something I pursue but you know, I don't... There's it's not the pillar of your personality that makes you who you are. You aren't going like, if I don't have a good set, my entire day is fucked. You're like, I have dogs to go home to and other things. And oh, it's I, not... I definitely live and die by good sets. Oh, okay. But like, I don't... But they're my sets. Right, you right. You know, I don't... What, what, you know, I mean, I, so, so really quick, uh, so everybody can make fun of me too. I'll, I'll give you my, uh, I'll give you my, ah, I don't care, man. I mean, like, you know, I, my, my, my hope, my hope is always that you want to make fun of me. You come tell me, oh, you know, especially now, now I'm 46. I'm, I'm not going to punch you because you make fun of me. I mean, you, you may not what, like what I say back if I choose to say something, but you know, that, make, that, make fun of me to my face yeah, not, yeah, and not behind me. my back on the internet. That was the worst is oh, when yeah. com- some comedians came to me and they were like, do you know what they've been saying about you on the internet? And I'm like, no, because I'm not a part of that group. I know that there's some shit talking groups on Facebook that people specifically get in just to talk shit about other people. And I know that I have been the conversation of shit talk, but I'm not a part of it. So I don't pay attention to it because I didn't, uh, but it would devastate me probably if I saw what those people wrote, but people came into me and they're like, you didn't, you didn't see it. Like, no, like, why, no why, I didn't. I, I try not to pay attention I, like, to all the negative things. I, I've had jujitsu guys threaten me on the Facebook and, and my response every time, like, like not in a message, but in a public post. Right. And, you know, had other jujitsu guys like, Hey, what are you going to do? Nothing. It's not real. No one said it to me. It's said on, it on yeah, Facebook. Said it on the internet. It's, it's not, not real yet. But no, but I have this thing about the way I judge sets. And I'm not saying that I, I'm the funniest man in the room because I'm definitely not. And I have a lot of, lot of work to do funny-wise. But I kind of know what I'm after now. I kind of have a better idea of what I'm after, like, material-wise, funny-wise. And so when I'm doing my set, I, I'm, not, I'm not attached as much, I think, as, as, as some... I've watched some guys get up and they tell a funny joke. They tell a joke that doesn't land. And then their whole set just kind of goes out of control because they're like, why are you you're not laughing? You're not going to laugh at that? That's... And that's interesting to me because I, I'll tell a joke, I'll get a laugh. I'll tell a joke, I won't get a laugh. I'm telling the next joke. Sure. I've got a set to do. You know, I think of it like those old jazz guys. <laughs> and you can listen to those old jazz records, the live ones before they've cleaned them all up. Sure. And you can hear the audience talking, clinking glasses. They weren't listening. And to us, these are jazz. Amazing. Like I said, I'm not trying to compare myself to Coltrane in the sense that I'm, I'm the greatest thing ever because I'm nowhere near it um, for sure. But... 
I definitely like those guys had a lot of resolve. They were bringing some very new stuff to the room, and they had to go through it to find out if they really had something. Sure. And so I get up at, whenever I get up on a set, you know, and I definitely have my moments where the room is deathly cold, and I falter and I screw stuff up. But I, I walk off and go, all right, well that is something to work on, huh? Because I, I I screwed up when the room didn't go my way. That's not the room. That's me. Right. Can I, I play I, you to can, a, You can never blame the room. You, you can't know? ever blame the room. So when I, I, it makes me crazy when people go, oh, the other audience laughed at that, and it's like, well, you probably happens. told it differently the other time, or maybe they identified with you in a that, different way. It happens. Or, That's the beauty yeah. of comedy, you know. I, I my abortion joke. Sometimes it just murders, and sometimes people just go, oh, oh, oh I've, I, you know, I tell the, you know, I tell the, you know, you know, you're gonna have to take my word for it. I'm sorry, I stabbed you. Sex is fucking amazing. Yeah. And some nights everybody laughs. Some nights a couple of guys laugh, and the women all go, and they all look at them like, oh. Oh, and some nights the whole that? audience just goes, oh no 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 that that was distasteful, sir. Right. But that's also like my my I love is like when a whole audience whole like like and I've you know I've 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 been you know happy and 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 good and gotten up in front of like fifty people before and like all fifty of them go no yeah. all at once now, they didn't like look at each other and go May, they they all right at the same time went no <laughs> that's amazing how can you not be amazed by that. Like, you know, I mean, it's obviously better when they all go, yes, oh my right. God, yes. Yeah. But when they all go, no. Right. You're like, I'm edgy then and I've I've hit a nerve. Well, but also you come from, like you said, you, you have a spoken word background. And as long as people are quiet when you're doing spoken word, you win. Uh, like you in, win. I've been in the room with guys who, uh, who have killed other people. What? And so... Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, okay. I, I've I've been I've done time with guys who killed other people. So a room full of people just looking at me, bring it. Bring what are you what are you, you going to do to me? I've been in room, you know. I've I've competed against guys who, you know, we we're trying to break each other's limbs. Sure. Like walk out on the mat. You don't tap. You're going to sleep. You don't tap. You're going to get you know broken in half. Wow. And a room full of people like, nah, I'm not going to laugh at you. What, Wait, what, did do you feel like you missed the boat? Like you should have been a MM. MCC, what is it? MMC? MMA. MMA. Um, Do you feel like you should have been an MMA fighter, like a cage match fighter? No. Was that no? I like I didn't get into jujitsu until I was thirty-two. Oh. So like I probably I it's, you were overage by that point. Well, MMA fighters are like in their well, 20s, I have bad right? elbows. Like oh. at the time I got into it in two thousand four, I could have probably like done a couple of years of training and gotten a couple of fights. I knew enough people. I've always kind of known people in the scene I'm involved in. Sure. Uh, um, and so I could have gotten a couple of fights, but I had bad elbows. Like I have ulnar nerve problems where like the repeated punching or the repeated t- hitting with the pads um causes them to flare up and oh. i can basically like i just get shooting pain down my and arms mma you hit people with your elbows oh you can hit people a with your, lot yeah. yeah you know so i mean when i was in 2004 there were still a couple organizations that allowed headbutting wow so there was but it was it was I wasn't really unhappy about that because it's really hard. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, if you, if that, that five, you know, so you, MMA fight is three five minute rounds normally. You know, okay. you get more, you get more, uh, more rounds as you get a bigger name, you know, as in, as in anything. But uh, that's 15 minutes of, you know, punching. Serious punch, ass kicking. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, it's, it's usually all action, 15 minutes of action. And, even if you like only get punched 
14 times. That's 14 times you got, you know, socked pretty good in the head. Right. Now you got to remember the most of those guys, they make, you know, they make a, if they're doing good with sponsorships, they make a middle, uh, oh my God, a, a middle income. What's the, um, hundred thousand uh, dollars median, median, oh God, middle class, middle, middle class, class. Middle class sure. income, you know, they're doing it with sponsors, whatever. Right. That, that's, and that's like probably 25% of them. Like, and everybody else is making less than that, lower middle class, maybe even a little less. So you got punched 15 times in a fight, right? That's a lot to get punched yeah. for, right? Yeah. You do three, four fights a year, right? That's, you know, you're already getting, you're getting punched 60 times sure. to make a living. Then you got to include all the hours of training. Right. And in training, you get hit. A lot. Over and <gasps> over again, because you're trying to get better. And you're going against guys that are better than you if you or you're going against guys that are fresher than you. That's always a fun one. The shark tank, meat grinder, whatever you want to call it, where you're the guy in the middle and you're you got like six training partners and they come in for two minutes. And they're all fresh and, and they you're get to go tired. rest for, you know, yeah. ten minutes and coming back in for two minutes and you're going thirty rounds with this. That's unbelievable. You Your know. resolve is so of course you don't mind with the stand-up comedy bullshit because you're like have you been punched you know like, repeatedly like, you for know, hours I, I won't lie and say the adulation of my peers wouldn't be nice right i won't lie and say that when i come off off the stage and somebody i have respect for goes hey that was a good set i don't go fuck yeah i'm kicking ass yeah right right i, I won't pretend like you know i i, I have a bad set and i i, I want to go drive over people for sure i, yeah. I want to go sulk in my room for the next 10 million years and you know drink lots of coffee and, and write bad poetry about how the world just doesn't like me anymore but i have but, so many of those poems. but i don't i don't have time for that you know I, i've got a dog. got dog i've got i've got you know i've got to keep in shape an old man i got to drive i got to keep the girlfriend happy i've got a you know, I've got tenants to take care of. I got writing to do every day. I've got the YouTube thing I want to film. Like, like I don't have. You know, like sad is like okay, yeah, I'm sad and and I'm driving. Like I don't. Sure. You don't have you time know, for it. Good I, for you. You know, I've buried enough people and dogs that like you know. Oh, a bad set. Well, you got to get in line. You know, I got enough sadness to make everybody in the room cry. Yep. You know, so. Yeah. I know, and all I've got is. Poor little rich girl. Meow. She used to be rich and now she's poor. Uh. But I mean, that's a reality. It is. You know, reality. that's like, 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 you know, I, I say all this stuff, you know, like I've, I, every best friend I've had, I've buried. Wow. Really? Every, every, every dog, you know, like, like I've buried four dogs in three years. Oh. That's awful, right? Oh. We can agree that's awful. Horrible. I, I don't, I, with Mike, if I, what happens with Spike, when Cat dies, I've been a, I'm going to be a mess and disappear. I'm not going to be able to hold my shit together for One of, one of my good friends, one of my good friends, very good friend of mine, talented musician, his his friend texted him right before he hung himself so he oh could go God. find him. <gasps> yeah. I've never had to do that. Oh, that's a nightmare. He goes on tour every year. Like, you just go. You, like, something happened, that, that's, okay, use it, do with it. Hanging is a, that was kind of his friend though, because hanging is kind of a clean way to do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that was, that was, that was the point. The the best suicide that happened recently, which is terrible because suicide is terrible and death's terrible. And uh, it was horrible, but he was such a great guy and he didn't want to make a mess for anybody. So he pinned a note to his shirt and he went out into a public park and he shot himself. So it wouldn't be in his house, so they wouldn't have a problem selling the house, and it wouldn't be in anyone else's house, and it wouldn't be anywhere that was difficult to clean up. 
He See, did it in a, and he did it in a public place so that a random person would find him, so it wouldn't be a family member, so they wouldn't be super hurt. And he had everything put together for his funeral and everything else. He had all the money put aside, and he just couldn't do it anymore. And so it was like he was so conscientious to the very end that he pinned a note to his shirt. Oh, I uh, and went out to a public place. Oh yeah, I had a, one a of my one of my best friends committed suicide by putting his head under a train. Oh, and like he mailed all these letters out, sent all these packages out. That's hard. He just waited for the train to run him over. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, yeah. So you could hear it. Oh yeah. That's I, resolved. I, I, like I, that's so oh, brave because yeah. I would I wouldn't be able to do it. Well, see, that's the thing. There's like I you were I don't think death is a. I mean, it 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 definitely puts a a stop to the fun. Right. But I don't think it's a bad thing. Like like we we look at death like oh my God that guy died. What did you think was going to happen? Eventually, like if you live long enough, you die from something. It's true. That is that is how it is. Like you right. know, um, and I've I've had plenty of people I've known go go you know that way, and I miss all of them. Well, miss most of them. Um, and uh, but the idea that death is bad is so foreign to me. It is just part of it. It's uh. your life as a story until it's done, and then. Hopefully, other people tell it for a little while, but yeah, you you can't get attached to anything like that. I mean, that's everything gets ripped from you. That's true. Right up until your life gets ripped from you, and that's just the way it is. And suicide, I I mean, I I definitely could list some stuff. Then people go, yeah, you might want to think about that. You might want to, you know, they do, you know. But I look at it like, uh, was it Nietzsche? Yeah, uh, I love sui- that guy. Suicide. Uh, the thought of suicide has gotten many a man through the night is a quote that I think of often. That's a great quote. And uh, it, it is definitely, a, it's like, ooh, that's a release valve. Like when it gets way too hot, I could just bing. Yep. Well, and I, whenever I'm depressed, I always read Nietzsche. I always read Thus Spoke Zarathustra because he has just these great, horrible things he says about women. I just, I love it. Oh, He's like, he beat was, an old woman with a stick so, well, so she'll shut up. When you go to talk to the woman, bring the whip. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's from Zarathustra. Exactly, yeah. Spoke Zarathustra. Well, and I'm not excusing the behavior at all because I, 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 you know, I think that men are extremely grotesque when it comes to how they, they behave with women. Um, which is odd coming from, I know, coming from a person who's been, you know, bludgeoned and stabbed and, and or, you know, hit with a car by, by women. Um, but, uh, um, I, uh, hit with a car, hit with a car. Yeah. Well, I, so I broke up with this woman and I was, I was leaving the parking lot and she was leaving the parking lot. And so she decided that, that she would help me get onto the sidewalk faster. And, by hitting uh, you with a car. Yeah. By, by going in reverse into me. Wow. Yeah. I just finished reading a story by Joe Hill, who is Stephen King's son, and there's a part in it where a woman goes and kills, it's about guns and gun control and stuff, but she goes and kills her ex-boyfriend with a gun, because she's so upset and angry about what he did and his wife, and he lied to her and blah, 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 and she was young, and she gets the gun and she kills him. And I'm thinking there, as I'm like trying to empathize with the character, and I'm, trying, I'm like, I've never been in a relationship that's ended where I wanted to kill them. That just hasn't happened. I don't like. I, don't I just don't care that much. Like if a relationship ends, I'm not gonna be like. Oh, let me let me back up. When I was married to my ex-husband, I thought it would be easier if he would just die. Oh, I've had I had that feeling. But I didn't think I'm going to kill him. I was just like, 
and once I had that thought, oh, I wish he was would just die and be like just drive his car off a freeway and he'd just be dead. I thought, oh, that'd be so much easier for me because then I'd get all the insurance money and I'd get the house and everything would be great and my life would be solved and he wouldn't be around anymore. But that was the moment where I said, I think I need to get a divorce. <laughs> like I had, I had a head, few like, of those moments um, and I really wish I'd followed through on those. Like I had a moment <laughs> where I, like, I kicked uh, a cabinet door in and because uh, like it was one of those moments where it's like, Literally, I was like, hey, you, you keep repeating something that, that we're, we're having a discussion and that's actually not true. And you've said it's not true, but you keep going back and saying that. And it was getting really, and I just like kicked this cabinet door in and I was like, I, that, that is it just, that is, and she's like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. I'm like, I can't believe you keep saying the same thing and then agreeing that what you're saying isn't true and then saying the same thing. Um, and in that moment I was like, and then I, the next statement I said is like, and I think that we shouldn't be married anymore. Yeah. And she went to her work and I went, whatever I was doing, I was teaching jujitsu. So I may have just gone for a long walk with a dog. Um, and I guess she had, uh, she went to work and talked to some mutual friends and they intervened and they convinced us we should give it a go again. And I was just like, I don't think we should, but all right. And she was like, I'll change, I'll change. And this is not to say that I was a very good husband. I had, I had all my problems. I had lots of problems. Um, but like the, the, the problem was that she had a set specific problems that, were clearly making the relationship very difficult and i would say these things need to change or i cannot be in this relationship right. she's like oh i change i'm going to change and it would kind of get tweaked a little and then it would just go back to the same behavior and i really instead of cheating on her i really should have been like okay time we're done goodbye but you cheated is, on her instead i did yeah. um i for a variety of reasons that that, yeah. that i feel unfair to, to discuss no 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 no. and are, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't have you know. to and it that's, has nothing to do with it but the point is that and what we'll wrap up some call me tim with is honesty is the best fucking policy oh for sure like if you just it, people are so afraid to break up or so afraid to tell people what they're feeling and they hide it and they do other things and they circumvent and then they go cheat or they do whatever and it's like if you just say it like when I left my husband, I, I hadn't cheated on him. I mean, technically I did because we were still married for years after and I started having sex with other people, but we were broken up. So I didn't count it as cheating. Uh, but, but even though we were technically still married, whatever. But like while we were together, I never did it. But it was really hard to sit to get my big girl pants on and say like, this isn't working. I have to leave. And it, and I find it incredibly strange that like even even to bring this to a large political place, Melania, here is my thing to you. Break up with him. Be a good feminist. I know you're not listening to this, Melania. Trump might be because I hear that he listens to and watches a lot of TV and he wants to know what everybody thinks about him. But please, Melania, stand up. Be a good feminist and tell everybody that he's a misogynistic pile of dog shit. Just do it and leave him and take his money and take his child away and make him look like an, the idiot that he is and say, keep sleeping with porn stars or whatever. But instead, even the first family is under lies and subterfuge. If we could all just be honest with each other and how we feel and say, you know what? Just like death, just like we all die, relationships end. They do. They're not meant to last 
forever. And we tell each other these lies. Well, you should get married and you should stay married forever. And that's what God wants. And blah, blah, blah. It's like an impossibility. How do you? So I'm the wrong person to ask. Yeah, I I really am. Like I I, I had a I I had a 15 year relationship, and then the next one's a year, and the next one's a couple of months. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm. So uh, we're wrapping up here. Pretty soon, yeah. Okay. We have a list of shows you're doing soon. I am doing. I I got this. uh, Yeah, I got this together. Last two times I did not have you know, and I was doing shows. Uh, So I have uh, Twitter at Mr. Jeremy Adkins uh, one. Since I guess there's already Mr. Jeremy Adkins. All right. Uh, Instagram at Mr. Jeremy Adkins. You can find me on Facebook and all that. I will be at Vinny's in Concord uh, February 19th. That would be a, I believe Vinny's is a Monday cool. show. Um, I will be at the uh, Kavika Deli, uh, Mike Spiegelman's I little deal. I love that oh, show. 5.30 on the last Sunday. Sunday. So I'll be there the last Sunday of February. Get the lamb sandwich. Okay, I will try it's that. Really do good. You like lamb. The lamb sandwich, if you get it, Kavika's okay. down there on the beach. Boy, oh boy, that's a yeah, fun you should show. Go with the roast beef. I'll go with lamb next time. Go with the lamb. Yeah. Um, I will be uh, March 9th. I will be over at Jonah's uh, deal at Soup for Comedy. Um, Soup for Comedy. Haven't heard of that. Jonah Pollock. Jonah Pollock. Cool. Uh, one of those guys I hired. Awesome. Um, definitely, if you ever hire Jonah to paint anything, do not get him too high and don't let him focus on one area. <laughs> he, he put several layers on a window <laughs> not the window glass thankfully the windowsill but it still did not need to be that coated sure um and i am supposed to do something in march with sanctuary with mean dave out in livermore the sanctuary yeah. lounge but he has not gotten back to me with a actual date that place is so. fun and i like it out there but unless you have a car it's i took the public transportation i took the bart out to almost livermore and then I got on a bus and it took me to downtown Livermore. Ah. And then I got off and found the place. And then I got a ride back to Bart. But boy, was it a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. No, I uh, I have a car. I do the Uber thing. Go. Yeah. I, but I... Uh, but I do, that's, that, that's, I don't get heckled often. And it's funny, as I said that to a comedian and she looked at me like, oh, you think so highly of yourself. I was like, no, 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 no. It's not because I'm funny. It's because nobody really wants to deal with me. Like, like, I don't get it. Like I've gotten heckled three times, uh, twice. I, I responded apparently inappropriately by telling them to shut the fuck up. I'm trying to work. And we could deal with this further. And then, you know, of course, everybody's like, oh, my God. They think they're, he's threatening. He's threatening them. So and so the third time, I just didn't say anything. It was after my set, too, uh, when the host at Sanctuary, Mean Dave, uh, said, hey, you know, he was working really hard. You guys could have given him a little, all of two people, by the way, in the audience. Yeah. Um, you guys could have given him a little bit more. And the guy said, verbatim, quote, oh, he was kind of funny. I would have laughed, but I was afraid he was going to attack me. <laughs> So, uh, to which I instantly thought, hey, you know what? If I was crazy enough to attack audience members, wouldn't you think I would be attacking the ones not laughing? And wouldn't you think you'd be attacking them on YouTube and getting famous for it? I mean, please. So, yeah. Yeah. Go see Jeremy Atkins as all the shows. Uh, this has been really great. I feel like we've actually done some therapy today. I feel like much funny. better. You saw me at the beginning of today. Yeah, I was you, all hyped you, you up. Were a little, you were a little on edge. I was a little sure. on edge. And I'm feeling a lot better. So I'm going to give all the credit to you, Jeremy Atkins. Oh, I don't think I deserve much of that. I no, think that you you figured out 
quite a bit of that on we, your own. We learned some lessons today yes. here on Some Call Me Tim. Uh, we're going to close out today with Pervert Fervor's Voyager theme from Star Trek. We'll be back next week with, let's see who's on the show next week. Let's see who's on the program. We'll tell you guys. So that just so I can know. It's going to be February 14th. It's going to be Valentine's Day. And it's the guy everyone loves, Keith D. Keith D'Souza on Valentine's Day. I'm a big Keith D fan. Keith D is great. Actually, we have a show together tomorrow night, Thursday, at the Buckhorn downtown. Right there on Market and like where Montgomery. I work by there. Yeah, it's the, the Buckhorn. It's yeah. downstairs. Texas is doing a new show. They use they use my job, Rocker Max. That's how I got on the show is I bring the PA. There you yeah. go. So uh, that show's tomorrow at 6.30. And then I'm also on Il Parada at 8 o'clock. They have a new showcase happening. But hey, if you want to do open mics, come here because it's True Hustle Thursday, every Thursday now from 7 to 10 p.m. Open mic here at Mutiny Radio run by True Hustle's Anthony Medina. I'm usually here too helping him out, but not tomorrow because I'm double booked. So there we go. Uh, come this week. This Friday is Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. We've got some great comics on. Everyone knows Ashton Tate, really funny guy. And uh, we'll um, before when Jeremy, when we're done with this, I'll talk with Jeremy off. We'll get him on one of my thurs or one of my Friday shows in March because I haven't booked any of those yet, and awesome. I need to I do that. Like doing, doing so you can here. be the first person that I book on my March shows uh, after the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. So. Come on down, everybody. Support Mutiny Radio. Thanks again, Jeremy Atkins, for being here. And we'll see you guys next time. Someone call me Tim. That should be playing. There we go.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground Comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere fun. $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I used to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. 
That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base 10 times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join the GreenArmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Barn Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, We've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot of bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. 
I love their their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com Want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look. But that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, six to eight on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone. Get positive. By host Pam Benjamin. Pam 